Did you receive a fake call or message from international numbers on WhatsApp? Well, you're not alone. There has been a jump in the number of fake calls using social media. WhatsApp for its part has reassured users that it is taking action. If you look at the larger picture, cybercrime is on the rise in India. NCRB data shows that there were more than 52,000 cyber crimes in 2021. So, why has there been a rise in spam calls on social media platforms? What should be the role of the government and social media platforms to reduce cyber crime? Hi there. Welcome to the Business Line podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. Devrup Dhar, co-founder Primus Partners, joins me to share his insights about the cybersecurity in India and how to be digitally safe. Hi Devrup, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks. How is it going for you? It's good. How are things with you? Things are good just that I'm getting lots of spam calls these days on WhatsApp and I think that's a case for lots of people so I just wanted to know as to what exactly is happening Yes so uh, in fact all of us have seen the sudden rise in spam calls coming on WhatsApp and uh, most of them are coming from international numbers Hmm so uh, this is definitely a uh, a recent spurt in terms of uh, scammers coming out with new methods or ways and means by which they want to uh, scam people probably what would what might have happened is uh, they might have uh, purchased whatsapp vip numbers to make all these calls which look like coming from international numbers hmm. and these are absolutely uh, new ways and means by which cyber criminals are trying to uh, uh scam people get money from people and uh, people need to be careful about these calls uh, ideally one should not answer such calls and even if by mistake someone has answered uh, a call etc you should definitely not uh go in by whatever the person on the other side says uh, which can be asking you to download a software uh, which would probably enable them to take control of your device or ask you to click on a link or give you a job offer or give you a offer to uh let's say like certain videos and you make money out of it so people should be careful should not answer such calls and more importantly even if you have done by chance by mistake do not fall prey to any of the uh, schemes of the scammers in terms of uh, downloading softwares or clicking on links or making money out of uh, liking videos etc hmm understood but is there any reason as to why all of a sudden we are seeing this calls or texts from unknown numbers and at times the texts are such that they'll catch your attention like hi there is an emergency i need to talk to you stuff like that so they are actually getting well equipped in their scams so why is there this sudden rise and apart from what you said like we all should do to be digitally safe what should the social media companies as well do like what should be the role of whatsapp here or any other social media platform for that matter 
so uh, you asked uh, two things over here one is why are we suddenly seeing this spurt of messages that's mm-hmm. come and mm-hmm. more importantly about what can the social media companies this uh, the digital tech giants what ca- they can do so in the first part i would say it's uh, look there are a whole bunch of cyber criminals who are there who are uh, there across the world and every now and then they are coming out with newer ways and means by which to scam people and there are so many ways means mechanisms we have heard over a period of time maybe uh, read in news or maybe we have seen someone uh, suffering it could be a job related scam it could be things like you have not paid your electricity bill or your mobile number will get disconnected or your bank account will uh, stop functioning or your pan will not work and numerous other things and every now and then they come up with something new and we have to be alert we have to be agile similarly this is probably another new wave which we are seeing wherein they would have devised a mechanism of calling up on whatsapp using most probably voip numbers now what should social media companies do hmm. in uh, in my view there are three or four things uh, that ne- that needs to happen first okay. and foremost the social media companies they need to constantly make the platforms safer for which they would have to themselves innovate come up with the newer solutions these solutions according to me uh, would be on two fronts one is things which would have uh, happen at the back end uh for example let's say some years back when there were a lot of issues around uh, uh forwarded messages on whatsapp and it creating disharmony etc etc so whatsapp at least in india came up with a feature wherein they restricted the number of forwards that you can do similarly forwarded messages would get flagged and so on and so forth so similarly over here there have to be things which would probably have to happen at the back end maybe using ai and ml you would be able to or uh, the social media companies should be able to identify numbers which are uh, probably making these spam calls and block those numbers similarly it may be possible to bring in features wherein some of the controls can come to the user in terms of who can call me or what are the numbers from which i can receive a call like something like true caller uh, something like true caller or i would say like can i get as a user can i mm. get that control or can i get those security features to say that okay only numbers which i have saved can call me okay anyone else probably wanting to call me it has to maybe go through two three steps so there are ways and means by which this uh, social media companies can make uh, the platforms more secure and i think all of them realize that this is a challenge and all of them are doing uh, things out here so both at the back end as well as at the user end you need to bring in more security features uh, 
more privacy features, which would allow some of these uh, things, uh, which would probably safeguard some of these aspects. Another thing that they can do when social media companies do is uh, the content moderation part. Mm. Uh, flagging of content. Like, for example, if there is a social media content which looks like a scam, saying that, okay, you click here and you will get money. Yeah. Those sort of messages. Or let's say messages coming in saying that unless you do this, your uh, phone will not work or your bank account will not work. Can some of those contents automatically get moderated, blocked or flagged? Mm. Okay. Third thing, uh, which once again, uh, all the social media companies do and which needs to happen even more is the education part. Mm. Now, India is a very large country and it's not... Uh, and every part of the country... While it is same in some aspect, aspects, it's different also. So we need to take care of different languages. We need to take care of people across a different age group. We need to take care of people across different levels of their understanding of technology. And can there be programs, education programs, and simple education programs which warn people of some of these issues, aspects, and as I said, the programs would have to be, it cannot be a straight jacketed program. So it has to be catering to different languages. It has to be done in a way that probably a 18 year old person also understands and maybe a 60, 65 year old person also understands. Okay. Now remember their, their level of uh, adoption of technology would be very different. Hmm. Yeah. True. The last part I would say is uh, they'll have to report all these and work more closely with the law enforcement agencies. How they can, suppose if a crime has happened and it has happened with the help of a platform, how can the social media giants actually help the law enforcement agencies to bring those culprits to book? So I think if these three, four things get done by the social media company, uh, things should improve. So Daybrook, I just wanted to understand that as much as social media platforms need to be aware as to what is happening, we as individuals need to be aware as to what is happening. The government also play a very important role. Like, But there's also a thin line with regards to that because there's also the question as to how much of internet that we are using should be controlled and regulated by the government. Like whether the regulations... Of course, it's still in draft stage, like by the Digital India Bill, will it be a lot or will it be less? But what should be the overall role of the government when it comes to cyber crimes like this? Yeah, I think it's a very good question and it's a very uh, 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 delicate point in terms of the role of government, what it can control, what it should not, hmm. and where it should draw a line. So I see it in this way that, yes, government definitely has a role in terms of uh, trying to control cybercrime. And if it has happened, then how do you uh, investigate and bring that to conclusion? Yeah. So first and foremost thing over here is now cybercrime is a very complex subject. Uh, policing in India is a state subject. And that's how it has been. And 
Now, cyber crime requires a very integrated approach. Hmm. Uh, a crime might have happened in Maharashtra. The criminals may be sitting in five different states, as well as they might have uh, someone outside India, the bank account where the money is flowing maybe somewhere outside India. So it's not a very simple thing. So yeah. first and foremost, it it requires an integrated approach, not just by government of India, but by all states. So it's like governments in all. And in this, I think one step which has been taken was the Indian Cyber Crime Coordination Center, which was established by government of India. And uh, which basically provides a platform to law enforcement agencies to uh, share information, to coordinate, to share intelligence, to act on intelligence together, etc. So one is it needs an integrated approach. Second is it needs stringent laws so that there is a deterrence. Now, there are existing laws under the Indian Penal Code. Because look, uh, a crime is a crime. Mm. Uh, let's say someone is defaming someone, that's a defamation. Whether it happens in physical space or online space, it's a defamation. If someone is stealing someone's money, that's that's something which is a crime, uh, whether it happens physically or in the through the online. So there are enough and uh, enough mechanisms in our existing laws to handle many of these crimes. Apart from that, we have the IT Act, which is there. And you spoke about the Digital India Act, which is in making government had released some snippets out of it. Hmm. Uh, we expect the Draft Act to come up maybe next month or two months or so. There's also the Data Privacy Data Protection Act, which is also in making. Hmm. So I think with these things, we have enough acts or legal provisions to act it as a deterrence, what is needed is maybe more convictions. Okay. So that you bring the confidence of people up, uh, more and more people report, and there is enough deterrence for the criminals to do this. Hmm. Similarly, government has a role to work with the large tech players, the tech giants, the social media giants. And it it has to be a collaborative effort. Mm. It is not one person's responsibility. Neither would uh, neither would one side be able to do this thing in silo. So government needs to work more and more with the social media giants to make sure that they bring in enough enabling mechanisms to prevent it to the extent possible. And lastly, I would say is education. People need to be educated and that's where government has a huge role, a significant role to play. Now, for example, RBI came up with that uh, nice booklet called Raju and the 40 Thieves. Hmm. Talking about what can be the, what are the various ways and means by which financial uh, crime, cyber crimes are happening and how people can uh, safeguard themselves. Now, more and more of those initiatives are required. Uh, it, the education program has to be innovative. Uh, recently, another country, New Zealand, it had 
started a whole bunch of education program for its citizens using social media itself in a very innovative way. Like, how do you keep uh, the internet safe? How do you prevent cyber crimes, etc., etc.? So, government has a significant role to play in the education part as well. So, yes, government's role has to be there in uh, deterrence, in uh, convictions, in working with the social media companies, collaborating with them, as well as educating people. So, where are we as a country in this education part? So, uh, if you ask me, I think there are initiatives which are there. I spoke about the RBI initiative. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but if you ask me, there is a lot more which can be done and which needs to be done. Okay, like? And edu education for a country like India in this space, it has to cater to our, uh, our la regional languages. You can't just have an education program in English or maybe one or two languages. It has to be in multiple languages, all regional languages. Similarly, you need to understand that people's understanding and graphs of technology is going to be very different. So what today maybe a young person would be able to understand easily is not something which is going to come very easily or very naturally to someone who is uh, slightly aged. Hmm. So we'll have to have, uh, we'll have to innovate a lot more when we are trying to educate people on this cybercrime. Because, see, one thing which is there and which is sure is more and more people are going to be there on internet. More and more people are going to be using online e-services, whether those are government services or whether those are services from the private sector. Mm. And hence, the chances of them uh, encountering cyber criminals is only going to increase yeah true and the biggest way by which we can prevent is by educating people by telling them of oh, these are the challenges these are the evils which are there and you have to watch out hmm. yeah so from the crux of our discussion with regards to the last question, one thing very important that you said was the conviction rate of cyber crimes. As we know, it's like very low in India. So if I can give a rough example, in 2019, also back in 2019, I had a discussion with someone and I heard that the cyber crime happened somewhere in Maharashtra and I think the cyber criminals were in Jharkhand. And this loop of connectivity, this there was lots of lack of connectivity between the Jharkhand police, Maharashtra police, and ultimately that person couldn't be convicted. So how do we basically increase our conviction rate? What do we do about that? How do we increase the cooperation between the police forces uh, across the states? Yes. So it's a very valid point. Uh, in fact, uh, I think recently uh, in parliament, a report was tabled wherein it said that the, uh, the conviction is just about 3 to 4%. Mm. And it may vary from one state to another, but roughly around that. And as you said, that it's it's a challenge. It's uh, 
the crime may happen in one place, the criminals may be in a completely different place. The criminals can be in multiple places. The money trail may go even outside the country. Yeah. So it so it requires an integrated approach. It requires the conviction rate is less because there are these four or five challenges which are there and all of it needs, uh, all of it I would say there is work happening uh, but probably a lot more needs to be done. So first and foremost is yes, it needs an integrated approach. It needs states and center and multiple agencies to work together to be able to uh, bring in conviction. Hmm. Second is uh, we need officials and the investigating officers and a large government machinery to be trained on all aspects of cybercrime and how do you investigate, how do you look at these technical evidences, the technical data. Yeah. So training, making them well aware of these latest technologies uh, which are there. Understood. Over so, here, hmm. uh, in fact, many states have already formed uh, dedicated cyber teams. Uh, uh, for example, Maharashtra has done a lot of work in that. Uh, Kerala has done a lot of work in that. A lot of other states have also done. So states have now started putting in a dedicated team to look at cyber, to look at forensics, to bring in all these technical tools, to bring in uh, people, to bring in experts, so that you are able to investigate, uh, investigate quickly, create a watertight case, and then bring in conviction. Hmm. So yes, states are doing it, getting there, but it is taking time. It will take a bit of time. Okay. So basically, time will see where we go. Yes. But so, then there are other mechanisms. Like, for example, uh, I would say while conviction, etc. is low. But there are certain good things which have happened. For example, there is a now a national portal for reporting. So there is a national cybercrime reporting portal, which is there. It's, it's cybercrime.gov.in. Uh, wherein you can report uh, the cybercrime at this one single place. Similarly, for all banking, uh, financial related cybercrime, there's a national helpline number as well, 1930. So some of these initiatives have been taken, which are helping and which would help. But yes, a lot more can be done, a lot more needs to be done. Yeah, true. So to address the elephant in the room, artificial intelligence, like something we are talking about almost every minute of the day, deep fakes are increasing rapidly. And like cyber criminals are utilizing it in every possible way. I think the recent example was from the restless protest where they use deep fakes for one of the images. So basically, how should we deal with this type of cyber crimes? What can we do? How can we basically make artificial intelligence safe from cyber criminals? Yeah, so as we are seeing the whole lot of generative AI, as it is being called. Yeah. It does, while it has a lot of uses, it has a lot of opportunities for doing things, it also opens up this whole uh, Pandora's box of what these deep fakes or what these uh, what other things with generative AI can do, which can be misused. 
and misused by cyber criminals. You spoke about the restless protest. Similarly, uh, some time back in US, when the former US president uh, uh, was to be, uh, there were news that he might be arrested, etc. There were a lot of uh, fake images and videos being created, uh, which definitely has a chance of creating disharmony, creating uh, uh, law and order issues. So generative AI, yes, it has uh, a potential of creating disharmony, law and order issues by misusing images, videos, voice, etc. and creating a fake image or a fake video, etc. Similarly, it can be used even by cyber criminals uh, to uh, scam people uh, by using, let's say, fake voice. If someone gets access to another person's voice, uh, then it can be used to create even fake voice, let's say, asking for money or money to be deposited and things like that. So a lot of ways by which it can be misused. And there is a potential uh, of it getting misused. And hence, there has to be a strong deterrent, uh, both in terms of laws, as well as the whole uh, debate around ethical AI. Mm. So uh, one in one part, we are seeing, at least in Digital India Act, uh, from whatever it is there in public domain, although the draft act has not come out, but... Uh, there was this presentation made wherein this they said that they will speak about AI in that. So we'll have to see what comes out and uh, how it is able to address. Second, I think it is also imperative on the companies which are driving with AI right now to look at ways and means by which uh, these tools which are there uh, there is accountability of usage of these tools and it does not get misused or the tools do not land up in the wrong hands uh, so that it can be misused to create fake, uh, to uh, scam people, to create disharmony, etc. So I think the onus is both on government as well as uh, the companies, the tech companies focused on AI so that there are enough uh, checks and balances in place. Uh, these tools do not fall in wrong hands. Hmm. Understood. I think uh, the topic of this podcast was such that we could have a conversation about this for hours. But I really hope that we do not need to have a conversation anymore about it. I hope that happens sometime soon. On that note, thank you so much for joining us, April. Thanks.